This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. And good morning, good afternoon, whatever the case may be. You're live with Dr. Jeff Werber. Your host here for the next 30 minutes on Pet Life Radio's Ask the Best with Dr. Jeff. We're here for you. We're here for your pets. Pick my brain. Grab it out soon because I don't know what, how much is going to be left. And uh, you can uh, reach us here by dialing 877-385-8882. Once again, toll free. No excuse not to call us at 877-385-8882. Or you can also, probably better yet, reach us by joining us here live on Zoom. Um, it's is the best way to get a hold of us. You can just go on to our website, which is PetLifeRadio.com. Scroll down to Dr. Jeff, Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff, and then you're going to have a pretty good long Zoom link. Join it. You're here, live video. Have your dog on your lap. As many of you know, I've been doing using my AirVet telemedicine platform and the ability to talk to somebody about their pet while you can see the pet. It makes so much difference. As I say, a picture's worth a thousand words. A video is worth a, a ten thousand words. You know, it's seeing that animal move, seeing that lesion, seeing how the dog acts. You know, sometimes I, you know, I can have two dogs with a history of vomiting, and yet one is like lying down. You can just tell it doesn't want to move. Its its head is down. It's or lying on its side. The other one is <laughs> looking for its next treat. You can learn a lot from that. I don't. You know, vomiting could be a million of different reasons. So it's a good thing to have. So now on Zoom, you can join us. Be a part of our program. We can talk about anything you want to talk about. And as many of you know who listen to us on our show every week. Oh, by the way, I don't know if you saw my piece this week on Inside Edition. So I get a call from uh, one of my producers at Inside Edition. And um, they wanted me to know if I was available to do the story. What's the story? Check this out. This story was about a French bulldog who mauled a woman in Chicago and killed her. I'm thinking to myself, whoa, I have Frenchies. I see over 300 in my practice. They can be a little aggressive when it comes to other dogs. They can be a little aggressive at the TV, but I have never seen a Frenchie, even if it was mad enough to want to bite someone, when you maul someone to death, that's a different kind of behavior. So uh, they sent me the article and the dog weighed 55 pounds. Now, I don't know many of you are not uh, pet experts, maybe certainly not French bulldog experts. And no, I'm not an expert of any one breed. Frenchies, I know really well because I see so many of them. I have never seen my one of my son's Frenchie is 37 pounds. This is a big Frenchie. I once took care of one that was 40 pounds. That's a big Frenchie. 55 pounds, we're talking not a Frenchie. This dog could have been Frenchie in it. It could have been crossed with a Frenchie. And also it came in the history that it was it was got from a fighting ring. Again, those of you who any know anything about the fighting dogs, you're not going to see French in that ring, uh, unless, of course, they are mixed with something else, like a pit or some other dog that are, that are known to be fighting dogs. Then they show this picture of this dog, and this is not the face of a pure French bulldog. Now, she did have Frenchies also, but so it was a very sad case, of course, but we were just talking about how, well, unfortunately, when, I, when you do segments like this, and I have my, uh, and I, again, I do a lot of Inside Edition, and they interviewed me for probably 15 minutes for a soundbite or two that lasts maybe 20 to 30 seconds. And that is pretty typical. So much of the, of the discussion 
was, as they say, still on the uh, editing room floor. So if you want to talk about that, if you saw the piece, if you want to know more, why don't you call in and let's talk about it here because it's something that a lot of people could benefit from a discussion about this. I do not want people thinking that they have to get rid of their French bulldogs because they have to worry about getting mauled to death. This is not going to happen. So um, that'd be a great topic for our second half of the show if you want to talk about these situations because there's more to it. And there were clues here, which we will talk about maybe latter part of the show that, you know, this is not a normal situation. Anyway, oh no, here's a shocker. About four or five of my topics today have to do with COVID-19. It seems to still be on everybody's lips. It is still the news of the day, but laboratory study, we know the cats and ferrets can actually get the virus as opposed to dogs who usually can carry it by having it on them, but they don't, it doesn't affect them at all. So um, now we learn that, yes, the COVID can spread to clinical signs, interestingly, and um, there's no evidence that the animals can incidentally infect a person. So it can go from human to cat, but not from cat to human. It can go from cat to cat, but they don't get, really have any clinical signs. So um, uh, again, not to panic, your cat is not going to give you corona. This is cool that the um, Animal Disease Lab at Oklahoma State, Oklahoma State University School of Veterinary Medicine is now running COVID-19 tests. In fact, they are running more tests, testing COVID-19 for people than the public health labs. And this is why, why, why we say they're using veterinary diagnostic labs. Of course they are, because we've been dealing with coronaviruses for years and so we are set up, the veterinary diagnostic labs, both the independent labs and the ones at the vet schools are, are so attuned and used to running tests for coronaviruses. They were easily able to modify them to test for the COVID-19 virus, which is the SAR-CoV-2. So we're, we're seeing that the veterinary diagnostic labs across the country are available and able to handle the loads of thousands and thousands of testing for people. That's that's great. So it's good, again, that the veterinary world steps up to the plate to help the human world. Here's one. This I liked. <laughs> How many of us can relate? So it says, adolescent dogs, right, are a lot like adolescent humans, teens. So what happens? What do they notice about dogs that we're talking, well, goes through puppydom, puppyhood just perfectly. All of a sudden, as a uh, an adolescent young dog, young adult, <laughs> I'm not listening to you anymore. They become recalcitrant, just like human teens. And uh, they would, um, and when they um, are getting a little stressed out, they would likely disobey their, their own caregiver faster than they would a stranger. So they're going to say to you, you're the one taking care of them, you're feeding them, you're training, you're providing the home, and they're saying to heck with you, but they'll listen to a stranger on the street. So, uh, you know, it's like they're fluffing their wings. They're just trying to go out and show you, you know what? You're not the boss of me. And how much does that sound? Wh- whoever raised show of hands, how many of you have gone through the phase with your kids where they're saying, you're not the boss of me? <laughs> and uh, they're battling you, you know, tooth and nail. Well, it's so much better. So now the psychologists are looking to, they're studying dog behavior to hopefully learn a little more something about human behavior when it comes to adolescence. Um, Again, uh, next story, uh, many of our U.S. shelters, kind of a sad story, are taking in pets from victims of the COVID-19 pandemic. 
Of course, they are trying to reunite them with family members or you know relatives of the deceased. But uh, it's tough. They're getting, uh, unfortunately, getting a lot of dogs in. And um, why? Because a lot of the victims of the pandemic are elderly, often lived alone, and had their pets. And so when they are when they uh, pass away because of the virus or they're hospitalized, what happens to those pets? They have to be taken to shelters. So um, there are a lot of great dogs to be adopted out there. And um, if you are looking to provide a home or foster, contact your local shelters. You, you would be amazed. Pet toys. It's not a shocker that tug toys and very hard bones are not that great for dogs. They're not that great. They can break teeth if they're tugging. They're, and also tug toys. Another thing about tug toys, you have to know. And you have to be very careful when you are using tug toys as a game, which you can do. And that is that you're teaching your dog to tug. So now your dog gets a hold of something of value or something that is dangerous and you or want to grab it from their mouths. And what do they do? Oh my God, this is great. We're playing a new tug of war with a different tug toy. And they are not going to give it up. They think it's a game. So you want to make sure that you teach your dogs the, the command, drop it. And so before you start playing the tug games, and then you can play the tug games, but they have to learn, drop it. And they open their mouth. My, when, when I take my dogs out, they love, for some reason, they love to have something in their mouths. So as they're walking out of the room, they're going to grab one of their chew toys. But I want, you know, chew toys all over the house. I want the chew toys in the bedroom to stay in the bedroom. And I don't want, because then we got to always make sure they have enough. I got four dogs. So they got to make sure they have enough and they're not running around. And, and all of a sudden, there's not enough in the room because they took the stuff from upstairs. They took it downstairs. So I taught them drop it. And as they open the door, they take them outside, take them out for their walk. They have nothing in their mouths. It's important lesson to teach your dog to drop it. Then you can play tug of war with them. And as long as you don't say drop it, then they're, they can play. But the problem with, with some of these string toys, these rope toys, they can get their strings wrapped around their teeth and causes some gum problems. I'm sure you've seen, maybe you have dogs that, that lick them, scratch themselves so much during allergy season, and they got a big, thick thing of hair literally caught on their tooth, around their tooth, pushing up on the gum, causing gum recession, ultimately a loose tooth, and uh, it can be disaster. So um, be, be aware. And hard toys, of course, hard bone toys that they're super hard. They can crack teeth on. I've seen it many, many a time. So you want to be careful. And with cats, it's string toys because cats love to eat string. So what they do is they will you know, basically get the string. If they swallow it, depending on how long it is, that's why it's very important. If you use dental floss and you throw dental floss in the toilet, in the bathroom, dump garbage, you don't want to throw in the toilet because they have problems there, then cats can get a hold of it and they can get what's called a string foreign body. Cats, as you know, like to play with balls of yarn. And those foreign bodies can be extremely destructive and even deadly to a cat. So very, very careful when it comes to those things. And um, they're dangerous. So you want to look for toys that they can be interactive, where, meaning that you can play with them, but also toys that are going to sort of act brain activity. It's going to, you know, sort of keep them, uh, they keep their minds engaged and also just keep them busy. Things that they'll spend a lot of time on and uh, those, um, and keep their brains active as well as their bodies active. Dogs, interestingly, the dogs that had the COVID-19 from Hong Kong did have the exact same, exact same strain as their owners, which tells what? That the disease in the dogs did come from the owners. Now, interestingly, there was no evidence 
very similar to the cat story early on that we led with, that they could pass it on to either other dogs or to people. Why? Because dogs don't get the virus. Dogs can harbor it much like a door handle, much like a, a piece of steel, much like a hard, flat surface, but also much like clothing and carpeting, even if they were to have it on their bodies, it gets sort of absorbed into the fur, into their hair, and it doesn't release easily. So that's why it's unlikely that you're going to get it from your dogs. You'd have to have a dog that was freshly coughed on or sneezed on by a COVID-positive person, and then you come over literally within minutes and you pet them or you hug them. Now you have it on your hands, and now from your hands, it goes into your mouth. I mean, this is not likely to happen. Possible, yes. Probable, no. So stop panicking about your dogs. Just be safe. Just use common sense. You're going to do social distancing with yourself. Do it with your dogs as well, and you'll have zero to worry about. And one last one before we go to break. So, and this was really cool also. Again, this is another story where veterinary medicine is helping human medicine. A team of veterinary researchers at Washington State University School of Veterinary Medicine in Pullman identified a protein called A9, and they found that this A9 protein contributes to the cytokine storm that patients with COVID seem to get just before they get into the severe lung damage and lung disease. So Washington State patented a treatment that targets this A9 protein to then can stop it from causing the cytokine storm. And they sold the patent to a company because this is not something vet schools do. And it's called Inflammator RX. And so it's a company that makes, I guess, medications for this. They're going to develop it into a drug to help these, uh, to help bind or target this A9. But that's pretty cool. So again, the ultimate cure, not the cure necessarily to disease, but to help one of the facets of this disease that is so deadly, and that is the pulmonary damage and disease. And now they know it's linked to a cytokine storm. The cytokine storm is promoted by this A9 protein. And if we can stop it and target that A9, then we could actually help prevent this storm. Uh, so anyway, don't go away. We'll be right back. We can talk about anything you want. I want to hear from you. I want to hear from you. must have COVID stories out there. If you have any COVID stories, any situations where you'd like more information or to share with us about COVID, um, reach us here. Uh, again, go on to PetLifeRadio.com, click on Shows, scroll down to Ask a Vet with Dr. Jeff. And once you're on my page, click on the link and join us here on the uh, Zoom channel. And let's share some stories and talk. But I do want to talk about some issues with that supposed dog attack that mauled a woman to death. Very sad. Don't go away. We'll back after these short messages. If you're attacked by a bear, a dog will throw himself into the mouth of a bear to save you. Dogs are dogs. They pour out their love onto you. Before long, you can't live without them. I have a chocolate cocker spaniel named Lady and a blackmouth cur. He's about 120 pounds, and his name is Arlo. My little cocker, her coat's as soft as a stuffed animal. They're both real soft coats, and my dogs don't have any health problems because they're eating what they need to eat. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Dynavite is like pouring a multivitamin right onto their food. The omega-3 fatty acids. Flaxseed, zinc, alfalfa. The digestive enzymes that are cooked out of regular dog food. 
We'll be scooping our Dynavite onto the food, then squirting the liquor chops and the fish oil. They start salivating. Dynavite is nutrition. You won't believe how happy your dog will be. It's a lot of responsibility owning a dog. I get my Dynavite at D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. And welcome back. You're here live with Dr. Jeff Werber here. Oh, talking about this, this crazy attack that happened last week in Chicago. And uh, something that, that I found very disturbing, was, I mean, besides the fact that this poor woman was mauled, apparently tried to make it outside. Let's talk about some dog behavior issues and things that, that were a lot of red flags. First of all, French Bulldogs do not reach 55 pounds. And French Bulldogs do not latch on and, re- and not release. So I've taken care of some Frenchies that were a little tough, but they're like most dogs. It's, you know, they're going to bite at you and let go. They're not going to keep going and going and going at you, especially if you're down. That's not their nature. So this came from another breed, breeds that are, have been bred to do this, breeds that have more potential danger. Not that I'm saying by any means, because I see and treat zillions of pit bulls. And I, they, my daughter has two. And my grandson, what you should see what he does to these pit bulls. And crawling over them, grabbing their ears, grabbing, literally having them carry him around. And they just give him major tongue. So there's a lot of training that goes behind these very aggressive dogs, which is here I want to talk about this story. Apparently, this dog was picked up from a fighting ring, okay? Number two, the woman, um, I don't know whether she lived with her boyfriend, but he was there a lot, had already bitten, badly bitten her boyfriend, so much so that they had to put the dog in quarantine, okay? The dog was in quarantine, and then when it was ready to come out of quarantine, what did this woman do? Took the dog back inside her house with other dogs. So first of all, what is the danger here? What's dog behavior? There is something called displaced aggression. Now, we don't know, sadly, because there was no one else around, but if this dog, and I'm not going to say this Frenchie, the other dogs were Frenchies. I think there were two other dogs they show a picture with her with clearly a French bulldog, clearly not 60, 55 pounds. All right. Frenchie's guy, I've seen him low at 17, 18 pounds. As I said, I've seen him high as 40 pounds. My son has two. One is 37 pounds and one is 22 pounds. They just don't get that big. So what could have happened is they could have been fighting over something. Who knows? A bone and mom could have come by to try to stop the fight or take the bone away. And then all of a sudden, they are start attacking. Now, apparently there was blood found on two of the dogs. So unless, unless, again, I don't even know the answer to this. If it does happen, though, you hear stories of other animals. How about the elephant that was released, that escaped from the circus, ran by hundreds of people, right? Intently, he knew what he was going after. He was going after the trainer. So what does that tell you? First of all, we know elephants, don't forget. They have amazing memories. We should all be so lucky. But this elephant was going after the person that was inflicting pain. So it could be that this woman was, who knows how she was handling the dog. We don't know. We'll never know. But what we do know is there was a type of bite, a type of behavior 
that had already been noted. Now, I get calls all the time from people who are doing the very good thing of fostering or rescuing, providing a home, and a dog shows signs of aggression to a child. Now, I am not for one to say this dog needs to be euthanized. I have in my 36-year career so far and going, had to euthanize three dogs purely for severe, uncontrollable, aggressive behavior where people were hurt and trainers basically gave up and somebody was going to get hurt. And there was one such dog was a male Rhodesian Ridgeback. We know that Rhodesian Ridgeback to be very aggressive. And uh, besides trying to attack me on more than one occasion, when it attacked the owner's grandmother and sent her to the hospital, it was time because he knew he knew that he was the only one that could stop this dog from attacking. And he did not want to run the risk that somebody would be hurt. On the same token, we talk about with adoptions when you must divulge that you have a dog that has bitten before. Because anywhere from a safety aspect to a second or new or third or fourth or a fifth home, whatever the case may be, and for the legal ramifications, if it is traced back that this dog had a biting episode that you knew about and didn't report it, then you are liable and you do not want that on your conscience. Now, as many of you know, if you've heard me talk about it before, I was attacked, probably my fault, by my own Doberman when I was five, grabbed me by the face, and I had some major plastic surgery on my face when I was five. Now, it obviously didn't scare me from loving dogs and becoming a vet. I think his behavior after the bite was actually, you know, I wanted to be a vet ever since I was a kid. It's five years old, my parents say. So I think that if anything, when I got back from the hospital and he walked in the room, I was all bandaged up my face. I had, I mean, he grabbed me literally just like this, right down my face, opened up my whole chin. My smile line on this side is not a smile line. It's a scar. That's why it's much more prominent. My chin under my chin, you can clearly see a scar. That was the only thing about, about growing a beard for the last couple of weeks is that I was hiding my scars. But I will say that when I, I came back from the hospital, he walked in the room. I was all drugged up, sitting in bed, and he kind of nudged. My hands were up my side. He nudged his big head under my arm. Now my hand is like resting on his shoulders, and he put his head on my chest, and he sat there all night long, almost as if to say he was sorry. But we found a home for him. His the neighbors down the street owned his sister. They had no kids. They were an older couple, and he lived out his life happy, happy, and safe. But not a good dog to be around kids. We have to recognize these things in dogs. Don't try to be a hero all the time, especially with a dog that has already shown extremely aggressive tendencies, unless you are able to handle it and don't think you are. Because this poor woman, because of thinking, you know, it's like I always say, very important to know what you know, but it's more important to know what you don't know. Because when you don't know what you don't know, that is the recipe for disaster. And this poor person obviously thought, thought she could handle this dog. You can't think I can handle this dog. You need to know you can handle this dog. And if you can't, it is not the right dog for you, especially with other dogs. And if it wasn't her this time, it was going to be somebody else another time. And um, it's a very sad thing. Now, I don't know what happened with the animal, but I can almost guarantee it's going to be put to sleep. And a dog that is so aggressive that it would do that to a human being, I can't say that it's the wrong thing to do. You know, it's either at this point living in a cage or run somewhere or being living with a trainer who knows the damage 
and is willing to take on the responsibility. And again, if that dog would bite somebody else again, it would be a problem. So uh, anyway, would love your feedback on this. What do you think should be done to dogs like this that are, would actually kill a person, a helpless person, keep going at them even after they're down? This is something that is, it's troubling. It really is. And, and we, we have to know we're dealing with animals here. You know, I've been bitten several times, uh, only even after, as in practice before my incident when I had Baron when I was a kid. And um, I've had some scars to prove it. I've had dealt with very aggressive dogs, but I've never been in that fear that, that, I, that this dog would lose control with me. So, um, and I deal with a lot of tough dogs, a lot of pit bulls. I work with pit bull rescue, Roddy's, Akita's, a lot of the dogs, the Malinois, uh, many, uh, the, the you know, Canacorsos, the Brazilian Felids, you know, all these dogs that are known to be very aggressive, uh, you know, the different Mastiff breeds, except for Bull Mastiffs, <laughs> which are heavily adorable. But some of the others, the Apolitans, they have a tendency, they can be tough. But you, none of which, like I said, three in 36 years because of pure aggression. And um, that's pretty darn good. So this is not coming from a person who likes to put dogs to sleep and doesn't like to work with them. So I do not like to do that. And I, it's a last of a last of a last resort. But I'd like to hear what you think. What do you think is going to happen? And also, anybody who has a pure breed, 55-pound French bulldog, would you please get me some pictures and show me about it? Because I don't believe that this dog was, I'm not saying it didn't have Frenchie in it, but this was a crossbreed with something. Could have had a Frenchie face. It looked more like a Mastiff face to me or a Pitbull face, Reddit, whatever. I'd like to hear from you. So get back to me. Put it on your calendar for next week. Let's talk more about this. I think it's a very important topic. We need to learn from this. We need to avoid incidents like these in the future. So thanks for joining me here on Pet Life Radio's Ask the Best with Dr. Jeff. We will hopefully see you soon. Join me on AirVet. If you have pet problems, download AirVet. You can put in Jeff's Telehospital as your primary. If you don't have a primary hospital, that is using our platform. And um, then click on Dr. Werber. You will get me, set up a consult, be happy to talk to you about your pets, about your pet problems. And uh, if your hospital is using it, use it. It's the best thing now, the curbside. Go online. You can talk to your vet while your pet is inside the hospital using the AirVet curbside feature. So um, it's great. Enjoy it. And if you have any questions, you can get a hold of me here at drjeffatpetliferadio.com. Send me your ideas. Send me your questions. We will address them on the air. And uh, we'll maybe even have you on as a guest and talk about your problem. All right. Great seeing you. Have a great week, everybody. And uh, we'll be here same time, same channel next week, 9 a.m. in the West, noon in the East, and anything in between. Have a great week. Let's Talk Pets. Every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.